0: So today's podcast is a part of our Boss Girl Magic Series, where I bring you some amazing Black business bosses to share their journey, their latest projects, and to inspire you along the journey. And I'm super excited today to have one of my friends as our guest today. So today, I have Miss D. Marshall. Now, Miss D. Marshall wears a lot of different hats. She is the CEO of Diverse and Engage. She's a TV personality. She is an international speaker. She's an author. She is the founder of Girlfriends Pray. And I could go on and on and on, but I want to bring my friend on, Miss D. How are you doing? Hello there, gorgeous. I am doing well. Thank you. I am so glad to have you with me on this podcast today because I need to share my friends with everybody. I want everybody to know about these amazing people that I truly believe God has divinely crossed our path for his purpose, really, literally for his purpose. So um, I kind of did a quick introduction of you. Can you just kind of share a little bit about yourself so people kind of know who you are, what you do, what you stand for, those type of things?
1: Sure, sure, sure. You know, um, I would say first because I know this is a business. I don't know. I feel like it's what you do is, uh, you know, uh, this business podcast life and it's about all things. But I will share um, the business hat that I wear is uh, I'm the CEO at Diverse and Engage. Um, where we speak three languages, leadership, workplace culture, and diversity and inclusion. Our mission is to help the world better connect, communicate, and respect unique differences. And so um, over there, we get to work with uh, big brands, which I absolutely um, love and adore that, that we get to work with some um, really great brands to do great work. So that's One hat that I wear, that's how I eat. That's how I eat. That's how I (laughs) feed the babies. and, And, um, but some may know me along my journey, Becky. So, I founded Girlfriends Pray. So, I'm the founder of Girlfriends Pray. Um, I don't lead it, I sit on the board at Girlfriends Pray, which is a prayer. Ministry for women. Um, some may know me as a certified coach, speaker, um, TV contributor. I do contribute to media still, even I contribute. Um, and and you know, I think more recently, some may even know me from my work on um, Capitol Hill. Of where mm-hmm. you know, I uh, recently founded Diversity on the Hill um, last year really powerful um new hat that we've taken on just in terms of the business and that is uh dni honors where congress meets culture inclusion and belonging so um giving birth to that 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 work so that's just a little bit of background kind of the all of the the hats that i am wearing but i will say this um because i know my dear friend, that you are a woman of God and you would understand this. Yes. And I'm sure your followers would understand. Although it may sound like a lot, it's not, it's all divinely aligned. I'm super clear on what it is. God has called me to do um, where he's opened doors and assigned me to do something um, that would, uh, that would really highlight and showcase him in his glory. So Um, so yeah, so I just kind of like to share that because people say, how do you do all that? So there you go. That's the background. And, and, you know, I, I love
0: the fact that, um, God crossed our path. I think D if I remember, right, I remember, uh, following you and connecting with you on social media, but I think the first time I actually met you was at in the black. Was that what we, was that, do you remember? I think that was the first time I met you you.
1: Was it there, or was it Lucinda's event at another conference in past?
0: <gasps> I forgot about that one. It was Lucinda's event. You're right. It was Lucinda's mm-hmm. event. It was here in Atlanta, and I remember um, you came in that day on that Sunday, I think, and uh, to do the 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 prayer part of it. And I sat there and I said, if that girl can't pray. My <laughs> goodness. Gracious. I got to talk to her. I have Aww. got to talk to her. And uh, yes, that was the first time. And then we, I say again at, um, when we did the, uh, the in the black tour and God has just connected us where we've actually ended up showing up at a, uh, the same events, um, a few times or speaking at the same time and have built an amazing relationship. And I'm so mm-hmm. thankful I and, am so. uh, and grateful. Um, grateful for and you know in that with everything that's kind of been happening in our in our world today in 2020 and with your company diverse and engage have you seen um, an uptick or more um, companies coming to you with the race relations uh, that we're dealing with in in the uh, usa today
1: Yep, absolutely. In fact, I will say um, very transparently, um, because I, um, my business is 80% B2B. um, It it was, there was a time when it was um, 80% B2C. But once uh, the pandemic hit, you know, my company, like so many others, we were scrambling to pivot, right? Okay, so how do we What are businesses needing now? Because certainly coaching and leadership development is not a priority in a pandemic. And and then we, um, as a result of George Floyd being murdered, God rest Mm. his soul, we then did a pivot back to our original business. Um, And so, yes, we've seen an uptick. In fact, my company, and I'm so grateful, is in um, a high growth mode. So we Mm -hmm. have expanded our team, expanded our offices. Um, I mean, we have really benefited in in this pandemic, Unfortunately for us, but I'm sensitive to um, how we got here. It really was because we're amid a global reckoning of racism against Black people in America. and so I'm sensitive to how we got here. I'm also sensitive that so many, Becky, I know you know this, so many businesses, I think somewhere yes. in the range of 40, 41% of Black yes. businesses yes. Um, you know, lost their businesses during the pandemic. I think the women's numbers, I've heard recently somewhere around 20% women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, we're in a high growth mode companies are um coming to us ever since i, I want to say shortly after i think in june and and you know what to be quite honest becky let me tell you something after i got up off the under, from underneath my bed um that week when george floyd was murdered and yeah. and then christian cooper had his experience with amy cooper i think 4 days i was down but by friday we started outbounding reaching out to ceos But then the next week they started calling us. And so companies now, to answer your question, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. Companies now um, immediately made a turn um, to us for diversity and inclusion work, which is the work that we have been doing prior to, um, you know, May 25th. So we have been doing this for a number of years They started reaching out for race relations, Uh, some who know race relations, others would call it diversity and inclusion, and it really is race relations. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's the work that we've been doing, um, you know, for the second half of the year at an increased level. And you know, I think grateful to have the opportunity and that corporations are doing it. I mean, they had to, they were start, they were issuing statements, right? So if we just go back, they were issuing statements, corporations yeah. were saying yeah. Black Lives Matter, so they had to do something. They were writing checks and so they had to do something more than write checks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, wanting to support Black Lives Matter and so they started um, looking at internally, what did they do for their workforce? Mm-hmm. Some organizations um, started investing in social justice and civil Rights organizations, and those are our clients as well. Mm-hmm. So, we um, are in, actively engaged in like consumer engagement, uh, corporate and social responsibility initiatives, um, all because, to, to answer your question, that's what corporations are interested in, or at least they have been interested in right after I, I would say the beginning, uh, end of May, beginning of June. You know, I was,
0: um, I, I too hate that it, it took, um, the losing the life of George Floyd for America to wake up and, um, and, and start to, to have some, and not just America, the world woke up the to world. that, the, the world literally woke up to that. And, um, I remember, you know, seeing a lot of different conversations that have normally not been had. I'm a Jimmy Kimmel fan. I love watching Jimmy Kimmel. And I remember not long after um, uh, George Floyd, I remember Jimmy Kimmel getting on and talking about, um, and I think what I appreciated about it is he talked about the race relations. And he said, you know, anytime that has happened, I've always said, you know, we need to do better. He said, but I've never looked at myself to see what, what I should be doing and 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 he said that you know I apologize because you know I know it's not right and I've said it and that's all I've done and I could do more and and I need to do more and starting to hear and see more of those things start to happen I knew then this is just not the normal hey we need to black lives do matter it was more um happening in our our country and people started calling because I started getting some um, calls from from companies I, I was um, AA, no ADP had um, brought me in before George Floyd um, to be with the pandemic they they wanted some some motivation some uplifting some leaderships Strictly focused on leadership. And then George Floyd happened like a couple of months later. And so in my in my uh, uh, touch base with them after I was like, you know, my topic is leading through disruption and we got to mention race. Mm-hmm. And they, I said, because if I'm, we're, if I'm going to talk about disruption and I'm talking about the pandemic, now we have this, that just, it, it just wouldn't feel right. And they were like, no, you're right. We do. We've had more employees that are talking about it. So we do need to at least bring that conversation to the table. I said, "Now nah, it's not like I'm going to do a whole race relations, but that's a, that's a disruption to leadership. And the it has to at least be put out on the on the table. But then I started having to refer people that were calling me about diversity. I was like, that's not my area. I know my area. It's just leadership, but don't let me let me refer that out um to some other places. But I know you are very actively involved in um, being able to have these um, conversations and in politics, what are some of the things that, as you have had, uh, your company has been more engaged in this and, and companies are reaching out to, to you, what are you seeing as some of the things inside the companies that should be addressed or that uh, has been kind of taboo inside of some of those companies?
1: Yeah. So and first, let me just say, um, you know, I totally respect you saying when when you were getting the calls, that's not my space. I've heard it from um, a few other uh, that would say, you know, that's not my space. I don't do diversity. I think that's powerful because it's managing um, uh, it's managing perception and oppression. Uh, um, Mm -hmm. in in some way, because it's an assumption that because you're black, that's what you're qualified (laughs) to do when, well, no, this is what I do. I do, I do this or I do that. I don't necessarily, could you call me for this or can you call me for that? You don't have to call me for your, your black bucket. So I really respect that you share that. And I will say really quickly, um, I have been asked to give recommendations for diversity and inclusion consultants um, and the way sometimes it works is, D, I'm going to put your name in the hat, but do you have two other colleagues who do the same work? And I say, absolutely. And they would, but what they have been saying is, but were they doing the work before May? Mm-hmm. and i thought that was so powerful that businesses now know yes. that some have leaned i thought it was i'm like oh wow and then they said oh and are they certified and i'm like no but they're good like you know i i know my colleagues in the space i said they're really good and so that's another yeah insight about people who are pushing back or companies i should say like your brand pushing back um is a powerful statement and also um, that corporations are have identified those who are along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm grateful I rebranded my company, uh, you know, before this happened, long before, right. because I have been doing this work. So 2018 is where we rebranded and restructured and relaunched the company. Um, so thank you for that. So to answer your question about what Uh, I think if it's what companies should be doing with, you know, inside the the companies, Mm -hmm. uh, inside the corporation. So um, the first thing that I'm super sensitive to is um, getting the language right, because prior to May, my company was tracking some emerging trends, and that was the death of diversity, of where you heard and would hear the language and the lens mm-hmm. of diversity shifting. So you would hear culture, inclusion, and belonging. Right. And so, um, and and then before May, um, Becky, if you were black in America in corporate America, you couldn't really be black and talk about being black and talk about black stuff. Why? And what do you mean, D Marshall? No, you were you were a woman of color, you're people of color, you're multicultural, or you're diverse, or you're a minority. You weren't really able to be Black before Mm -hmm. May 25th in corporate America. But after May 25th, it's almost like before May, after May, when when the shift happened, that now we can be Black and have conversations about Black people and Black issues and oppression and racism, not just diversity and inclusion, because diversity is about recruiting, inclusion is about culture. No, we're talking about race. We're talking about oppression. We're talking about systemic racism. So, number one, I would just say beginning to talk about what we're talking about and call it that. Um, a new trend is BIPOC, right? Mm-hmm. Black, indigenous, people of color. No, right now we're talking about black people. We're talking mm-hmm. about black people. Do you see? And yeah. so, I've been on calls, business calls, um, Becky. I've I've been on. I've you know some things, and I would hear um, the conversation is really was about black people, and then I would hear one or two people say "people of color," and so I would listen for and watch for that flag. That's a red flag because right now in this season, um, we're talking about racism against Black people. Mm -hmm. We are amid, right, so for everybody who's listening, we are amid a global reckoning of racism against Black people in these United States. Why is it a global reckoning? Because people around the planet marched and protested on behalf of the racism initially in this country. So I would say just holding the space for what exactly are we talking about. So that would be number one. Number two, companies, um, I, I would call for an independent investigation. So, one of the things that um, that we um, birthed as a result of this is the um, the Amy Cooper effect, and so it's a tool for excavating or beginning the work of identifying systemic racism in corporate America. So, looking at um, and there's a five point. Process in this um, looking at systemic racism, right? And it's looking at HR processes It's looking at, you know, hires versus declines looking at um, You know promotions and stuff and so um, using the Amy Cooper effect We call it tool which is the methodology that we use we say to corporations Here's where you may want to start right because prior to May Corporations are doing fluffy stuff like Mm -hmm. I do, right? My company, we do... D and I training from the one that I like the least is bias. We I'm not a big fan of bias training because corporations start there. That's it's really not that. It's cultural competence. Like that's mm-hmm. where there's a that's where there's issues. When when Starbucks and H uh, and M H&M and Dove and Pepsi and Macy's um, had their snafu publicly and were drugged by Black Twitter, it was because there was a lack of diversity within within the organization and so i hope this is making sense that yes. um, that number 3 that's more surface that's the work that we do right but that number two is systemic stuff right systemic racism and i'll get to that in a second because that's where our work on capitol hill comes in but but what corporations can do is cultural competence what they can do is they can do they can engage non-black employees right because a lot of times the programming is specifically targeted to black and or people of color and it implies often that's the there's something wrong and you need to fix black people. No, Mm -hmm. you need to fix the other people. Um, Real quick, we have a tech client um, a couple years ago and they brought us in to do training for their black talent and part of it was because they had a significant turnover happening, and we went in and we did the training. So my team and I, we flew to Austin. We did training there. They streamed to New York. We flew to San Francisco, uh, did training there. They streamed to Seattle, and then, but what I, what came out of that is that company didn't have management development. Their, Their managers didn't know how to manage multicultural talent. Do you see? Mm-hmm. And so, so what I shared in terms of the feedback, I said, first of all, here's a flag that you um, are have high risk here in that these Black people, you better hope that they don't file a claim because this training implies that they are broken when the company culture is not conducive. It's not inclusive. And so what should companies be doing? I'm answering your question, I hope. And that is, looking at training their leaders to manage through a multicultural lens. A lot of corporations, the leadership is not equipped to manage. The largest, and I'm just going to do a sidebar here, uh, Gen Y is the largest and the most uh Mm -hmm. Largest and most diverse in the population, U.S. population. Largest and most diverse is Gen Y. They surpass boomers. They are 73 73 million, somewhere around there. Boomers are 70 million. They are also 37% of the workforce right now. So we no longer need to say millennials in the workforce as if they are an out group. No, Mm -hmm. they are the group. And so I come back to the point that companies need to look at training their leaders to To lead through a multicultural lens because the country is increasingly diverse. That is so. We good. are. Yeah. Let me pause there. Is this making sense to the that question? That is
0: so good, right there. Because I'm just sitting thinking of you know my years in corporate America and you know the companies tr- trying to do the right thing and bring in people to have conversations, but don't realize it's the wrong conversation that you're having you got to fix this part first so that they know how to have um these conversations and deal with different uh, cultures uh, cultures and, and and i think that is so good um
1: D. they it's, miss it though they yes they miss it they go to unconscious bias and it's yes. and what i share is it there's actually a so so there's definitely a continuum so if you want to start with bias because that's what makes them comfortable it's bias first then its cultural competence then its managing inclusion and then its um we go to be the ally and then we do dni champions we have a dni champion program and then an allyship program um and so that cultural competence it there should be if you imagine like in college curriculum there's like the 101 201 uh you know 301 mm-hmm. so it should be cultural competence um african black Diaspora. It should be cultural competence. Latin X cultural competence. Asian cultural competence. Native American. Uh-huh. So that's the piece, and that's what companies should be doing. They should also be um, not asking black people to solve the problem. They should do away with any um, non-paid um, you know, experiences where the majority benefit and the minority folks, people of color, um, get nothing. I think those days are are over. So Becky, for example, if there are unpaid internships, that should be, that should go away. If there are advisory boards that should go away, they should be, or they should be paid. Mm. Um, there should be no more vendors. Becky, I know you and I do this work. We've been in a long time. Don't bring Us in for um, bring us in at the same rate that you bring in everybody else. Yes, don't ask us to do nothing for no pay, right? I mean, don't. don't, That should be over as of May twenty fifth, Becky. That's what I'm saying. Companies should be doing. Companies should be sensitive to um, contracts and just pretty much everything. But I hope some of these specifics make sense in terms of what companies should be doing. Um, I'll give you another one. I sat on a panel for American express, um, a couple weeks, two weeks ago, and we were talking about, um, identifying diverse talent. I said, hire a diverse exec or hire a executive search firm, um, run by, owned by a black person, a black mm-hmm. owned executive. Search. And you should have saw the response. It was, they had never thought of it. Right. Like, huh? They didn't even, but when they said they were looking for diverse talent, I said, okay, here's some ideas. And when I got to, and and the executive search firm that you use, make sure it's black owned. Don't go to a white owned executive mm-hmm. search firm looking for black folk. Now it's not to say, Becky, that there's anything wrong with that, right? We yeah. love our white, our WBs, our WGs, our Asian. We love everybody, but th- do you see it's it's, that this is how you fix that. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw another thing where, you know, non-Black are benefiting and riding the Black card this season. And I'll give you this example. I know this will make sense for you, Becky, because you run a large movement, but it was somebody leading a movement, just let's say comparable to something that you're doing, right? Whether meaning, building an organization or a program to benefit black, um, entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. right? And so, but it was a white male and then he got an influencer, white female, and then the white female, they identified black influencers to build their program. And what I said is this feels too much like 400 years uh, uh, ago, free labor, where majority is leading a Black initiative. So we are done with the days and what companies and I think individuals need to be aware of is riding a Black card or doing good, um, you know, at Mm -hmm. the expense of free talent, like free help. And so that experience or that scenario, Becky felt too much like non-Black benefiting off of the backs of Blacks. Right, so, so they had an advisor who was black, they got a professor, an academician um, I was asked um, and it just it was just it was just wrong, yes. and so these are some of the things that uh, you know I mean I hope this is helpful Becky girl
0: I'm you I'm so excited just just hearing this conversation because you know uh, everything may, may change a lot you know my my audience is um, I attract African American women I attract black women but I had not put D in my marketing I had not put black women entrepreneurs I had not put African American women. people would just see that that was the audience and so I I had, uh, you know, been been uh, having this conversation with God to to go all in for um, for black women entrepreneurs. And then I had this reserve thing saying, well, do I really want to do it? Is that going to what what issues will I have? So I'm having this kind of internal battle. and Everything happened after May. It was like crystal clear, no smoke, no fog, sun out shining. When I saw that 41% of black businesses were closed when the other culture was 19%. When I saw that um, from a funding standpoint, so many small businesses that were black did not get the EIDL loan, did not get the PPP because of a a lot of different reasons. But I was just like, oh my God, Goodness. And so I was like, okay, I'm super clear. And our pivot was totally we're talking to Black women entrepreneurs. Our goal is to help you to not only grow and sustain. So we took my, I had a nonprofit. We changed the name of the nonprofit and um, the duties. I support her now, is a nonprofit that provides funding and resources for black women entrepreneurs we're creating a revenue fund for women because the two things that black women did not get in business at the lowest level compared to everybody else was money and funding to continue to grow. And so we totally um, shifted. I support her is about supporting her, putting our money where our mouth is for her, um, being able to pay it forward to her in these fundings. And that all just got super clear that okay, I know I need to focus 100% on helping um, Black women entrepreneurs. Now, we are growing at a rate that um, entrepreneurs outrageous, like three times faster than anyone else. But a big part of that is because uh, a frustration in corporate America, having to fight to get the promotions that we're starting our own businesses. So it's growing crazy fast, but we are struggling and closing just as as fast. And so that shift in May was a. I mean, and it, it feels so good to my, my spirit and my soul with the focus of what we're trying to do to help Black women entrepreneurs mm-hmm. continue and sustain um, in business and to be able to provide some of those resources and make sure you filed your taxes and make sure you have all your paperwork in order so when crazy stuff like this happens, you're not stuck or lost or cast out. Yep. Yeah. That that part right there um, has really been crazy. Let me ask you this. Um, just as a, a, a business um, a person in a, a woman in business, um, and uh, a woman of faith as well. With all of this that has has transpired, how has your faith um, been strengthened, or untested, or stretched during this um, this time? Because I know God has revealed a lot to me about me. In this um, process, and it has strengthened my belief, um, and even believing bigger than I've, I, I I thought I was believing in the first place. Just going through some of the situations and and things that have happened to be able to step into and and stand boldly in the gift that He has given me, and and be okay with it. What about you?
1: Yeah, you know, I would say a similar thing. Um, I'm strengthened. You know what I feel like? I feel like, you know, all of the years of walking with the Lord and like knowing God and being along my own journey, um, uh, it was, it was, this was a season to then... um Show and prove on that, or deliver on the faith. Like to really stand up and decide yeah. um, who I wanted to be in in this um, in pandemic. In this pandemic, in fact, that had been a lot of my framing and conversation at the beginning of the pandemic. So much so, we did a live stream series in lieu of Win Rock Rule, and it was about this idea of of you know me feeling. Um, strengthened by my faith, so being clear in terms of where my strength was coming from, but also um, that framing was also um, about being tested. And what I mean by that is um, my, my share out was, listen, um, we're coming out. We're in this together, but we're in different places. But we're coming out of this, and um, and and how we are going to come out of this is to really lean on God, but also make a definitive decision about who you want to be. Who do we want to be in this pandemic? Decide if you want to be um, the one who is solid and sold out in your faith, and then allow for your circle or for your family to really lean into your faith. So I would say in those ways, I I think me and God have been in um, conversation in this season. I would say the biggest God moment in this um, season has been I went back to one of my favorite books, The Circle Maker, and it strengthened me during this season so much so um, God called me to a mountaintop experience. I went there not really expecting anything, not for any other reason than out of obedience, just to be silent, to be prayerful and to listen for the Lord. And when I tell you God has so delivered in this pandemic, so I would say, you know, I'm just stretched to believe in what God spoke during the Stephen tested in terms of, you know, just really standing on my faith and what I say, I believe and strengthen and encourage because I'm still here. My family as well. My business is, my business has never like, we've been the largest, we are the largest now we are Mm -hmm. uh, definitely. And, and, and continuing to grow like exponentially, like it's really, I'm really grateful for that. So, so Um, yeah.
0: Awesome, awesome. So I have a question that I normally ask every guest and um, I have five words inside of a bucket that I normally just kind of pull out a word and then have you describe a time when that word has happened to you and then the issue and then how you pulled yourself from it. And the, the five words are fear, failure, doubt, adversity and risk. And uh, I do this because I love to, um, to to talk to women that are doing amazing things. And I think sometimes it's great for other women to hear, man, I see where they are, but man, they, they was afraid of failure or they were fearful or they doubted themselves because we all do. And sometimes it's just like the nudge and the push to say, okay, keep going in the process. So I pulled out a word for you, and the word for you is failure. So, if you can share a failure that you have had and how you um how you got to the other side of that failure.
1: Wow. You know, I have a list of failures um and I I keep a running list. It's part of my my practice and I think I have probably like 7 or 8 like you know mm-hmm. i would say significant and or meaningful failures um so i'm not afraid of um failing and i'm not blind to it in fact um i think the coach in me is is speaking to like you have to know your failures right in and, yeah. and so um so let's see i will say one of my fails i'm thinking about a business failure mhm I don't know if that's juicy enough that's just like more contractual give, um give me a juicy one give me a yeah, juicy one, I a, a juicy one. <laughs> you know what I will let me see um you know there was a time when I decided I didn't want to be in business <laughs> I wanted to just live I wanted to be a business owner and just kind of like yeah I just wanted to run a business or have a business I didn't want to be in business. And this was many years ago. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I was going to start this incubator co-working space. This almost had to be like seven years ago, maybe five years ago, about seven years ago. Um, and that was my way of, Oh, I'm going to own a business. And like, You know, that's how, you know, I'll make money and that's going to be my journey. And I started, I printed the collateral and I even rented an office. And the fail was it never went through. In fact, somebody else picked up the idea and they ran with it. Mm. So I would say, yep. So I would say that was a failure, but not. Mm -hmm. It's a failure for people who think about failure from the standpoint of you start something and then you don't deliver on it. Like, cause it was gonna be a big thing. I, I went to this fabulous office or it was really a cute office <laughs> and I negotiated it and it was just, yeah. And so the failure in that um, was just like not being able to get it done. And I'm, I'm really gonna go back to the moment, like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm doing this by myself. This is so hard. I don't know what I'm doing. It sounds like a good idea, but I probably didn't have everything that I really needed perhaps, or needed to know. And it might've been, I don't know, I think I felt like, I don't know, that there's just some things that I'm missing and it just never happened. And I was really in it. What I later learned is that it was redirecting me. That was not my thing to do. That was not what God had um, for me, so me starting out on this business and failing didn 't matter that I had already mar- started marketing it, I already had it sp- had space it just wasn 't what God had me would have me to do. that was not my assignment mm-hmm. um, and so here 's what I learned about failure. Um, is, you know, there's a, um, one of my favorite books is called if life, if life is a Game, These are the Rules, the Ten Rules for Living, and it's it speaks to there are no mistakes in life, only lessons, and lessons will repeat themselves until learned. And so what I believe is um, I look at everything as a lesson. There are no mistakes. There are no failures. Failures are the universe's way of redirecting. And by the way, just a sidebar here, everybody, um the universe Reports to God. God owns everything. I believe in Jesus the Christ. So I just want to be clear of my language. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <Yes>. So, um, <laughs> so 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 um, I think there are no mistakes in life. There are no failures. There's false starts. So I believe in false starts. Um, I believe in being redirected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was being redirected. Now here's the 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 pain point is, you know, God only reveals this stuff like years after. So, so going through the failure, like, I mean, it was painful and it was, it's like a painful, embarrassing, shameful. Listen, I have another, um, what I thought was a failure, a conference in Bermuda, Girlfriend's Pray. We had a partner in Bermuda. It was the government. It was a month out before we were to host our Girlfriend's Pray conference in Bermuda. And the partner calls me and says, they're out. And that was a failure. Becky, I cried. So Mm -hmm. is this a better one? This is a juicy one. I'm a baby. Let me tell you something. I cried. (laughs) That's like a a big baby. I cried after I hung up the phone. But can I tell you something? I knew in crying in that parking lot in Philadelphia, because I remember just leaving Comcast to deliver, God spoke to me even in those tears that it was for the best, but I was still crying. I was still upset. Like, what am I going to do? Can I tell you, how that story ended up, even though I knew it, but Mm -hmm. here's the lesson. That, those folks um, ended up being part of a scandal. They were removed from government. What I realized is mm. God was protecting me. And yes. so a lot of time when God separates you from people and you, it, it, it looks like it's a failure, you can't do it on your own. It's because God wants to show you, no, you can do this on your own. And guess what happened? I did it on my own. Yes, we packed up. We went to Bermuda. I hosted a conference and it was successful there it is. But wow. here I was clinging. That was a failure. It looked like it was a failure because I didn't have these other people. It looked like, I mean, I'm going to be humiliated. I'm going to be embarrassed. How am I going to be able to do this? And yeah. so there's my failure. And there is the, the other side of, of the failure. Mm-hmm. But I think what we have, Becky, that I'm sure all of your listeners have. And if they don't, baby, we got faith. So yes. we will lean into it, baby. We were <laughs> lean in like God, you can show up. God, I don't know what this is. I don't know what I, God, I don't know what I'm doing but God, I'm expecting you to take the seat at this table. Now I know you opened the door. So I am trusting and believing in fact, and that's how I'll wrap this up. I will say now, Becky, my latest strategy is like my self-talk, which this is new. Uh-huh. I am like every door that gives me a little bit of a um, nervous energy. Mm-hmm. I baby and playing a mean uh, um, uh, pep talk in that God, you open the door and I trust and believe when I pick up this phone, when I sit at this table, when I sit down, to write, you will give me exactly what I need to deliver. I trust that if it's from you, then it's for me. And so that's my conversation and how I'm moving through, how I'm moving up the ladder and into new levels that are way above me. Oh
0: girl. Oh, now that's, that's the way to end right there. D. Marsha, can you tell everybody how to, uh, how to connect with you? Uh, She has some amazing books out. Um, You guys, you definitely need to, um, to get her books, but let everyone know how to, how they can connect with you and follow you.
1: Sure. Absolutely. So I play the, well, first of all, I am everywhere online at DC Marshall, D-E-E-C Marshall. Um, I play the most. I hang out on Instagram, Um, I do business on LinkedIn, so certainly on LinkedIn um, or Instagram, uh, you know, definitely connect. And you can find me at www.dcmarshall.com. All of my brands live there. Uh, You could find Diverse and Engage there. You can find everything. So again, it's www.dcmarshall.com.
0: Thank you so much, my friend, and I can't wait. Twenty twenty one, we are going to see each other at some point yes. in time. I've yes. already asked Daddy for like, like, just make sure we bring us together at, at somewhere. Yes. Y'all have no idea when we together, it's crazy. It's, it's
1: so, crazy. so much fun. It's crazy. It is it's so fun. much fun. 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 It laughs. It is laughs. <laughs> on top of laughs. Like remember, <laughs> remember that time you were in the hotel? Remember you were in your room? We had the conference and you sleeping, napping on break. Yes, that's yes. like you some business buddies. Do y'all understand <laughs> that you can laugh and bounce things off? <laughs> Becky is in the, and that's not, I'm, I'm going to end right there. Thank you, Becky Davis. Let me just say this, my sister. I just love, adore, and appreciate you from the days of our first connection to me following you and what you do for Black women, what you do in the earth and I really appreciate that you um, like me that you honor who it is that God called you to be um, and you uh, like me we live at the intersection of business and faith so yes. God bless you I thank you I support you I love I support her and I support you so I love you too gorgeous. sis <laughs> alrighty alright
0: have a good one bye 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 are you in my free black women course creators Facebook community if not You need to be in there. If you are a course creator, a membership owner, or an online educator, and you're looking to scale your business to five-figure months, then I want you to join us. Go to Facebook and just put in the search Black Women Course Creators and join us. Join the conversation. Join the community as we talk about and share tips and ideas to help you create your five-figure months using your digital product. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Bosspreneur, B-O-S-S-P-R-E-N-E-U-R, and you'll learn more about the Bosspreneur Business Circle. I share training, workshops, speaking engagements, plus I'll share with you some videos and information to help you become more. You can go to the com. that's b o s s p r e n e u r businesscircle.com or beckyadavis.com